Hey, welcome back to Hit the Core Breaking Point series, uh, car edition. So today I'm actually recording this in my car as I drive to tennis. I've just been so busy lately. I I have not had more than 10 to 12 minutes to just sit down and try to record this. Uh, but I figured, you know what, let's just do it in the car while I'm on the go. So today, uh, parents, students, kids, whoever you are, we are talking about visualization and just how important that is to the game. And I just want to stress this, that as adults, we are taught constantly that you have to visualize your success and you have to visualize your future and blah, 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 blah. We've heard it a million times, a million different ways. So why in the world would it be any different for kids who are trying to be successful? And parents asking your kid, well, what do you want to do? Do you enjoy playing tennis? Do you want to play? How the heck are they supposed to know? I'm sorry, no offense, kids, but you know, I, I get it. Like you just haven't been around the block enough and you don't know. You don't know if, it's, if, if these things are what you want. You don't know what your goals are. That's okay. You're young. You are still learning to figure this out. However, with that being said, it doesn't mean that you can't visualize your success on the tennis court. And so just to be even more specific, right? Because the, the visualization, there's on multiple levels and you can get as specific as you can, uh, all the way down to visualizing how you want to hit a forehand to visualizing yourself winning a tournament, right? And so if you want to see success on the tennis court, you've got to visualize everything top to bottom, right? From the big picture, like right? where do you, you know, how do you see yourself being a top national player? Can you see yourself amongst that group? of players. Can you see yourself making the final day of a tournament? Uh, right. Those are the big picture items. Then you've got, okay, can you visualize yourself executing certain points in certain situations? And, and most of the kids that we work with, I, I've had conversations with them and they can't describe to me what it looks like to, you know, what does it look like to win in their mind and their mind. Right. And they're, and I'm talking to them like, Hey, tell me about this point. If you could go back and do it differently, what would you have done? So you'd be surprised. So many of my students can't actually describe to me how the point would play out. And it's not that they can't, or sorry, it's not that they, it's not that they won't, or they don't want to. It's that they are having a hard time doing it. And it, and, and it's just, it's a struggle for them. That's something that they haven't practiced. So I'm just going to give you three, uh, three tips, uh, three, they're not even tips, actually. Don't, don't think of these as tips. Tips make it, makes it sound so cheap. These are three, uh, I would say, um, uh, what's the best word to describe this? I mean, it's, I'm drawing a blank on this, but I would have to say best practices. These are, you know, for adults, that's the, that's the term that that's very easily understandable for kids. I'll just say this. These are three things that you absolutely need to do if you want to find success on the tennis court at a competitive level. Okay. So let's, let's just dive right in. Number one, the, the, the easiest one. Okay. Meditation. This one's super easy. You literally just have to sit there, relax and, and just in your mind, train yourself to play the point out in your head. Okay. Think of your latest match. Think of your last practice session and replay it in your mind. And then once you're done replaying it, see if you can adjust it, see if you can manipulate what happened during that practice session, what happened during that match to, and, and, and replay it and adjust it to your favor, 
right? Meaning instead of replaying a point that you lost, replay it as if you had won the point. What would you have done differently, right? And that is something that you've got to keep doing over and over and over again. This isn't something where you just do it once a night. I used to do this every single night uh, for almost up to two years at a time. Back, you know, back when I was a sophomore in high school, that's when I started it. That's when I started. I said, you know what? I got to do this. I have to be able to visualize me winning these points in these big point situations. So every night, right before I went to sleep, and you know what? I used to go to go to bed at twelve o'clock at you know twelve o'clock at night. I know some kids go even later because of all the homework, but you have to do this if you want to be successful. You have to do this. This isn't like a oh you know I was really tired this one night so I didn't do it. No 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 no. That right there is a losing mentality. That right there is going to get you screwed. And I know some parents want to protect their kids and say oh well they were really tired. There's so much homework. I'm sorry. It's 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 BS. That's just an excuse. You want to win, you got to do this. Number two, kids, parents, both of you need to sit down and watch film. Watch watch yourselves play tennis. It is the most uncomfortable thing for kids and for parents. We see it all, you know, for, you know, you guys see it all the time because you watch your kids all the time. But parents, kids, you need to watch yourself play. It is, in, you know, in the sports world, this is a no-brainer. I mean, the number of times where you had Tom Brady, Kobe, Bryant, uh, name pick pick any NFL quarterback, right? Especially in football, soccer, uh, baseball. These guys they watch film like no other. That's why they have a film division. That's why they have cameras everywhere recording. It's imperative that you watch yourself play to aid in the visualization. If you are struggling to figure out how to visualize, or if you're struggling to see these images. Well, what easier way is there to watch these images other than just literally watching yourself on film? And when you're watching this, be a student, right? Parents, I'm talking to you now. Be a student. Don't be a judgmental individual. Don't say, hey, why didn't you do this? You know, next time, why didn't you do No, 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 no. Because I'll, I'll guarantee you, unless you played tennis, your competitive tennis yourself, or you played collegiate tennis yourself or pro tennis yourself, right? If you're if you're not in any of those three categories, you do not have a right to be judgmental. You have a right to learn. You have a right to educate yourself. You have a right to empathize and understand the experience that your child is going through. Why don't you ask them, how did you feel in that moment? Why don't you ask them, you know, tell me, you know, let's just say your child's name is Alex. Tell me, Alex, what do you think you could do differently and why? But not in like a how come you didn't do that way? That kind of why? Like a, an actual, like, hey, I'm genuinely curious. Like, what, were, what was going through your mind? Because I want to help you. I want to be empathetic towards your situation, right? It's just, it's too many parents get up in arms and just start drilling and drilling. Like, how come you didn't do this? How can you do that? Treating, treating the kids as if they're some lower level employee who messed up on an assignment that's going to cost them a million dollars. Now, even in that situation, I'm not saying that that's what, you know, that's the way you handle it, but I'm just saying in general, this is what I've seen across the board when, when I've heard parents talk to their kids, when I've seen them at the tournaments, it's just constant ABBA, always, you know, always berating and, uh, and, uh, the other B, I can't remember. It's like, always, always be berating and argue, argue, whatever it is. But the point is that's, that's how I see these parents interact with these kids. And of course the kids are going to clam up. They're going to literally feel embarrassed and just not want to talk about 
what they could have done differently and just shut themselves off from the educational process. Parents, please don't do this. Kids, be open to watching yourself play. It's embarrassing because sometimes you watch yourself and it's not in the you know in the best of best of situations. But that's okay though. That's the only way you're going to get better. You have to own up to what you've what you've done incorrectly. Own it. It's okay. If your forehand sucks, your forehand sucks. That's fine. But that means you can improve it, right? Now you know what you can improve. And if your footwork sucks, don't shy away from that. Just own up to it. Your footwork sucks. Nobody is perfect. You know, there's players who have been playing for 20 plus years and they're still trying to work on their strokes and they're still improving their footwork. That's why the sport is so mental. It's so crazy. It's so insane. You work yourself up to a certain point, there's still room for improvement. And if you watch any of the greatest pros, right, you can see that they are improving themselves over the years. So anyways, that's a, that's a, that's a no brainer. Watch film, but do it correctly though. And the last one is probably my least favorite technique out of the whole bunch here, out of the three bunch here. But unfortunately, I have to admit, it's probably going to be one of the most effective ones. If done correctly, it is the most effective one. And it's shadow drilling, okay? Shadow drilling, for those of you who, know, who, do, who don't know what shadow drilling is, is when you essentially reenact the point or reenact uh, – you know, the, the, your, your swings and you practice your swings or you can reenact a point situation without a tennis ball. So essentially you're swinging and playing out the point without a tennis ball and you're moving around the court, trying to visualize what you would do correctly. And I have to admit, I'm going to be the first one to say this. I hate shadow drills. I personally hate it, not because it's not useful, but because of how silly it feels sometimes because you're out there swinging without a tennis ball. And the Harvard coach used to have us do this and I never understood why I was like, coach, shouldn't we be hitting the gym? Shouldn't we, you know, literally be do like hitting a tennis ball. And I was so, you know, at the time I was young and I didn't quite understand what he was trying to do. I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser now. And uh, just through the, you know, all the things I've learned over the years, things I've seen, but shadow drilling is so, so useful because it really forces you if done correctly, if you put a lot of effort into it, it does force you to think about the point and what you're doing. You become very aware of your situation. And that is key. Awareness of your situation. Awareness of you not staying down. Or maybe awareness of you not moving correctly to the shot. Maybe your timing's off, right? A lot of times when we're playing the point, we're just thinking about the ball, the ball, the ball. Go, go, go. But when you shadow drill, there's no ball. There's no opponent in front of you. And that gives you the opportunity to turn the camera onto yourself. So I, please, I know it's, it can be sometimes a little embarrassing, but trust me, shadow drilling done correctly is going to be the most effective form of visualization that you can possibly give yourself. And here's the fun part. It's absolutely free and you can literally do it anywhere. You can do it in your bedroom. You can do it in your backyard. As long as you, and I'm talking to the player now, as long as you are willing to put on a training face and say, look, you know, I, if I do this, I will improve. If I do this and I take this seriously, I will be able to visualize better. And that's my goal. If you are willing to go to that extreme, this will a hundred percent be worth it. But if you're too shy to do it because you feel like it's embarrassing, well, that's it. That's it. I mean, that means someone who is doing it is going to get the upper hand on you. Right. And so you got to ask yourself, 
what's worse, the pain of, of training right now or the pain of regret? Which one's worse? Because I got to tell you, for most adults, it's the pain of regret, right? And then and most adults will tell you that regret, regret is a thousand times more painful than whatever pain, you know, hard work that you have put in, in this particular moment. All right, regret stays with you. So just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hit the Core Breaking Point series. Uh, my name is Josh Chan. Hope you enjoyed it, and I'll catch you on the next one.